Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. I don't... Well, yeah, I mean... Hello? Yes? Hey, did you ever watch Sex in the City? Yes. Fuck. Goddamn right, Jody. No, ask her, ask her, ask her. Was it was it a cultural phenomenon? Was it was it a cultural phenomenon? Was the show a cultural phenomenon? Did you enjoy it? Well, shit, there goes my whole argument. <laughs> okay, bye, Mom. Wow, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm a little upset now. <laughs> I like how she goes, probably, yeah. yeah. Probably. Who fucking cares, Scott? Why are you calling me? I'm jogging. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, she was totally, was she jogging? That's I did hilarious. not hear that. That's what she said. She said, I'm jogging. I'm, I'll call oh, you later. what the fuck? Okay. All right, let's do this. Yeah, the Hocus Pocuses. Not the Hocus Poci. They're not cactuses. <laughs> the Hocus Poci. No, because, well, I mean, if you watch the second one, it definitely sets up that there could be another one. So maybe it will be the Hocus Poci. I mean, Hocus Pocuses covers. Martin but why isn't it Hokai Poci? Like, they're both the same word. Because like... that's, <laughs> that's not how grammar or English got. <laughs> The plural goes in the second word. English is bullshit, man. I okay, s- I, don't I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Um, anyway, it's Halloween, you guys. It's well, Halloween. it's a week before Halloween. Yeah, but, but it's Halloween week. It's Halloween week. We are here for you guys, as uh, we were last year with our tremendously successful Halloween special, and. This is a hundred. I want you guys to know this. Like I went back and and reviewed it. This is a hundred percent Lindsay's doing. That this lined up absolutely perfectly. That we've got our Halloween special the same kind of week ish around uh Halloween and right after Hocus Pocus two lined up and Hocus Pocus two or Hocus Pocus is our next movie in the timeline and this leads right into our turn of the seasons movie next week which closes out Halloween, which is a nightmare before Christmas. So yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. It's all actually fitting into the timeline. We did not use need to use the temp pad to get here, which it's is very true. exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I thought that was super cool. I was excited when we found that out. Uh, we did for, for the two people out in the universe who were wondering about this. We did end up needing to cut once upon a forest to make we this did. happen so we will not yeah. be seeing the true eldritch horror which is once upon a forest <laughs> like that's the scary shit if we want to do that a is Halloween for movie, real yeah if we want to go over some real spooky shit from your childhood man i but suspect yeah. it's bad though so i'm kind of not sorry about okay, it yeah i, feel I like remember it's being really great bad. but i'm I, afraid of it yeah 
But we're here to talk about Halloween. And yes, we are. Hocus Pocus and all right. of the spooky things. And we're going to talk about both Hocus, both of the Hocus Pocuses. Oh, my God. As we work, <laughs> yeah. as we work through the plural. Yeah. We, you know, we figure out grammar and go back to school and shit. But I, I, I feel like this is a genuine question because we are in the big three holidays of the year, at least for me, unless you include Fourth of July, because that's a great drinking holiday. And I do include that. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the best holiday? Is Halloween the best holiday? No. And I'm, I'm asking you specifically as a New Englander because you got to experience Halloween in a completely different way than I yeah, did. Yeah, that's true. Um, Halloween in New England is awesome. I don't think it's the best holiday, but fall is my favorite time of year, and I love October, and New England in the fall is the best, but I, Thanksgiving is my my favorite holiday. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And actually, it's that's close. Christmas is my favorite because I love uh, the smells and like the weather and stuff like that, uh, and the music, obviously, even though I worked in retail and Christmas music's forever ruined for me, but... Um, <laughs> But it is a it is a two way tie between um, Thanksgiving and Halloween for my my second favorite holiday. So like these Halloween big is green. super fun. There's no denying yeah. it. Um, and I know a lot of our friends are like huge, massive Halloween people. So we're kind mm-hmm. of inundated with it, right? Yeah. Um, but it <laughs> it is super fun, and the atmosphere is fun, and that's something that Hocus Pocus really nails. Yes, it is. The, yeah, the Halloween fall in New England atmosphere is so real in this movie. And yeah. because of some a, a big chunk of it is filmed in Salem, at least in the first one. Yeah, so that was like my other thing was like, is this really what like New England Halloweens are like? Like, I know you wrote this in your notes like a little bit later on, but like I genuinely wanted to know. Like I was thinking that while yeah. I was watching the first one. I was like, is this really like, do people really like treat it like this? Yeah, we can hit this up front because yes, <laughs> this is what New England... Uh, Halloween looked like, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, right? Um, So another note I have like in the rumor requirement that we can bring up here is how much this reminds me of Stranger Things season two, Mm -hmm. because their Halloween night, that episode of that season is has this same vibe. And a lot of those like late 80s things had it. um, And and it's exactly what New England Halloweens were like back in the day. I assume they're similar now, but, you know, everything's different now from this kind of vibe. But we did used to go to Salem, Massachusetts every year on Halloween. And actually, I just got pictures from my friends who were in Salem this weekend. I just got a bunch of pictures of them dressed up in Salem. And Salem takes Halloween very seriously. And something that's very realistic about the second one is like the magic shop and like the kids doing magic and stuff. We used to go to the magic, the magic shop every Halloween and buy our spells and bring them home and stuff. And like, Oh yeah. All the little magic kits. And like, they take Halloween super seriously in the, I believe it's called the Hawthorne. It's a big hotel in downtown Salem, right in the middle of the town. And they have the witches ball every Halloween and all the, my mom used to say the real witches. That's when they would come and we would go every year and watch them come up to this ball that they hold in the Hawthorne. Like it's unbelievable. Uh, I live in the wrong state, man. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Fucking awesome. Something that's really weird about this though, is like it, parts of it are definitely filled in Salem. Like that, the house that they live in in the first movie is in Salem and there's like a, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, well, it's somebody's house, and there's but there's like a gift store next to it, right? There's like a touristy mm. shop right next to it. Yeah. But 
all of the scenes, like I didn't look this up because you can just tell, but it's like they were filming this either like super, super early in the fall because there are some trees that are turning. Oh, or yeah. They've like retouched it or they had like one tree that's a prop that they're under because like most of the zoom out landscapes, even in the sequel, aren't don't have any foliage. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. this is not late October in New England. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> It's just stuck out I to mean, me, this watch. It was weird. Fortunately, most of the movie takes place at night. So you kind of miss right. a lot of that. But yeah, there's like the whole flyover scene and the um like when you first when they when uh Becca and Izzy first go to school, which I meant to look this up, but the song that's playing when it jumps to present day and it's them going to school. I don't know what that song is, but it was so fucking good. Oh, I um, don't know. And Lindsay and I are both on a huge new music kick because Taylor Swift, the greatest thing since sliced Taayler Swift mm-hmm. um just put out her new album. That's I haven't listened true. to all of it, but I've listened to Antihero like eighty times isn't it because well, Lindsay keeps putting nice. it on all of her stuff, but like <laughs> I put it on one social media post, yeah, but I down. keep seeing it like pop up because it's hilarious because it is hilarious yeah. like, well, my post was hilarious, but yes, Taylor's new album was great. Um, Taylor makes us all feel things. It's true. She didn't have to write that <laughs> album just specifically about my life experience, but yeah. I'll take it. I appreciate the gesture to, for her to do that for me. Thank you, Tay Tay. It's <laughs> so good. Um, but but yeah, the music. There yes. is music no. It's just that one song. Like the yeah. Like we're gonna get into it. Like the things that work and don't work. But obviously, we need to we need to break it down for you guys a little bit. Yeah, let's get into this. Um, tell me about this movie, Scott. So the first one, obviously, is 1993. We've been talking about it every time that his name comes up, but this is the brainchild of David Kirshner and his other half, Mick Garner. While the screenplay was actually written by Neil Cuthbert, it brings together now, honestly, like now, I can't think of them in any other movie. I mean, Lizzie, Lindsay probably can, but like I can't really think of Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, or Kathy, uh, Kathy Najimy in anything but this. That's like maybe, maybe mermaids for Bette Midler, but or wait, she's not mermaids for me. Bette Midler, like she was my one of my mom's favorites. And so first like, wives club. Yeah. She was in first wives club. Um, and when this movie came out, like my mom was fucking stoked, but I usually yeah. associate Bette Midler more with her music. Right. Cause yeah. she was a singer, like mm-hmm. she was a singer slash actress. So, um, my mom loved Bette Midler. So I more associate her with the music before. Cause that was what my mom was into. And then obviously Sarah Jessica Parker, sex in the city, in the um, city. and Kathleen Najami. I, I have, I don't know. She's awesome in this, but this is the thing that she's in. But yeah. interestingly, this this movie, uh, the first movie, came out before Sex and the City started, which was in '98, which blows my mind. Um, so God. Carrie Bradshaw actually... was just out there. She was just 32 in 1998, just in New York. out there in New York. Can you? I just, goddamn. Yeah. I can't wait to get to 98 so that we can talk about how Sex and the City was on and how that impacted everything. Yeah, hooray. Sex and the City was objectively <laughs> pretty bad, like when you go back, but it's I can't wait to think about it in context. Uh, what do you call it? It's like uh, Housewives. Mm-hmm. What was it the other show? What was that show? 
Desperate Housewives, Desperate Housewives. was on TV. However, se- no, but Sex and the City was a show that was on HBO. Like it had, like it was considered prestige television when it was yeah. on. Like it was like a huge deal, and it was the first thing that and and another show that was on at the same time, the name of which I can't remember, but it was like Girlfriends, I think. Um, we're like the only oh. shows to like talk about sex from the female perspective. Like, trust me that yeah. that show for as crappy as it is in retrospect and, and as toxic as it is in retrospect, because <laughs> it is, I, and, and the sequel is too, like, trust me, I recognize that. But when, in 1998, that was some shit, that was some revolutionary yeah. shit in 1998. Well, cause nobody like, talked about that. Yeah, exactly. I like at all. It was mind blowing. Yeah. Anyway. I'm glad we're talking about this right now. And that's this not, has so I much we to do with 1993's Hocus Pocus. Read me the summary. I'm going to give you guys. So again, because <laughs> yeah, because this is the Halloween special, we are going to be covering both of the movies. However, this is slightly split up. Um, we will be covering the original first and then we'll be jumping into the sequel. But I will give you a plot for both right now because I love you all. There you go. That's extra bonus. Yeah. Hocus Pocus 1993. After 300 long years in hell, the reviled Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, are awoken by the disbelieving mockery of Max Dennison, who lights the black flame candle and sets off a three centuries old race to defeat the powerful witches once and for all. And the sequel, Hocus Pocus from 2022. <laughs> Tricked by Gilbert, owner of the magic shop built within the legendary Sanderson sisters' ancestral home, Becca and Izzy, along with their estranged former best friend Cassie, revive the sisterly coven who seek to put an end to all of Salem and live forever through the use of the most forbidden of books spells. Love it. I love talking about Book like he's a person because they treat him like one and I love it. Book has a lot of personality in the sequel. Um, I also want to point out, because I don't know where else I'm going to say this, but that Becca is... uh, one of the leads on the new Gossip Girl show. Okay, I thought she looked familiar. Isn't That's she why. the sister of the... She's like the half-sister of the um, influencer girl, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, that... Dude, I was it was bothering me the whole time. There were a lot of people in this movie, guys, that I didn't find out. They were in other crazy shit until like later like Lindsay and i both realized there's a game of thrones actor in this <laughs> in the yeah, second one because i'm like i'm stoked i have the film to talk about her a lot um yeah disney plus that's where you can find these god damn it <laughs> thank the gods no this is great this is yeah. i love that this is a disney movie and that they're both on there and like huzzah and they'll be disney. on there forever the ability to just watch hocus pocus is one of the greatest things from disney plus like it I'm, is yes, like i having disney plus is such a such a blessing um let's go to like the briefest timeline we've ever timeline yeah i may not even give you guys the uh wind up for the time machine on this one because it is so short the only real thing to cover here is you know what year it is um yeah it remains the year 1993 it's It's gonna be for a minute yeah (laughs) the only real thing of note here um is honestly the tomato meter for both of these movies, at least for me, like the only the honestly, like the only thing worth pointing out is for how much people talk about the original Hocus Pocus and how much like, dude, you can't talk to anybody that I went to high school with that didn't say like Hocus Pocus is one of their favorite fucking Halloween movies. This movie was absolutely hated when it came out by yeah. critics. It has a 38 percent tomato meter score. 
38%. That I genuinely thought my page wasn't refreshing properly when I read that. Yeah, it's absurd how like badly this movie did. The 72% yeah. audience score is like a little bit better, but this is going to be probably one of the wider gaps that we yeah. see. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. I, I just um, I, I even 72 blows my mind that just feels so low for how often people talk about this yeah i can see a critic i did, I just i didn't expect it to like do so badly and but i okay and then hocus pocus 2 63 percent on the tomato meter 51 percent audience score it surprises me that it's higher on the tomato meter but it that yeah. sounds about right like this thing's like kind of a around a d like i think it's a little low to be honest but it's i but, think okay. 51 is low but i understand it being that low you know 63 sounds more like it to me like the 51 yeah. is pretty poor i think 63 is a solid like and we'll get into the review of it or whatever but well, yeah but i do want to push back on what you said though i think there's there's several important things to note in before in the no i just mean like i'm like but you (laughs) but but scott you skipped the the stone cold fact that this is the year that free willy came out oh my god you just didn't want to you just were like that doesn't matter i disagree so done with animals god damn it i think that's important to point out that oh it is free willy actually is a huge movie like it's kind of fucked up that we're not reviewing free willy and we're not but I love me some Free Willy, and also Sleepless in Seattle came out. So I like, watch that movie all the time. I want you guys to know that I I love Sleepless in Seattle. Wow, I'm an asshole. I'm gonna have to like rearrange this now. I love Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> no, I, I see. I just think that's worth noting. I'm like, and it's interesting that this is the year that all these things were happening. Like, there's just yeah. pro- like even though we're not necessarily making those stops along the timeline. Like, yeah, I remember when Free Willy came out. I remember. I love that um, movie, dude. Stuff will scoot right on past, though, because if you want to hear more comments on this back up to one of the other episodes from 1993, um, but Unforgiven won the Oscar for Best Picture in 93, and the big Emmy winners were Northern Exposure and Seinfeld. Top grossing movie is Jurassic Park by eons. It got a billion dollars. Yeah, ridiculous margin. But this movie, looping us back to what we're saying about the tomato scores yeah this thing made like just over eight million on a budget of 28 million and you did not hear that wrong and i did not get that number incorrectly because i was like that has to be wrong It's, it's just insane they lost so much fucking money on hocus pocus and i just i'm like i remember loving this movie like oh i remember said, everybody... everyone talking about this so what happened did they just Who... not take us to the theater it has to be like this has to be one of those movies that survived because of home video i mean but it didn't just survive it it like slayed blew on, up on yeah vhs so like how did it have such a poor showing at the box office i have I mean, no idea we have to ask our parents like why didn't you take us to hocus pocus you know what I think it is? And I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. The first one feels so much more adult than necessary at times. It like there isn't scary. There's so much, not even like the fear side of things, but there is just so much overwhelming commentary on being a virgin <laughs> in the first one. Like it's it like, keeps coming up. I wonder as well, like, Something that's a little bit weird about this is that 
Hocus Pocus came out on July 16th of 1993. Yeah. Fucking why? And I'm kind of wondering, like, Jurassic Park came out June 11th of of 93. And I'm kind of wondering if people had, like, spent the money they were going to spend on the theaters that month. Yeah, and Jurassic Park. Like, they went to see Jurassic Park so many fucking times that there was just no, like, they weren't taking the kids to see Hocus Pocus. And also, remember, they took... All of us, they took all of us to the theater to see Jurassic Park when we oh, were yeah. six. So, like, yeah, I, mean, I don't think Hocus Pocus was too scary for us as a generation. Like, we were definitely chance. being allowed to watch Jurassic Park, but yeah, it's although I don't know, 90s parents were like, it's violence, who cares? But sex is like, don't look at that. So, well, and there was a lot of stuff, virgin. they don't, well, no, they, they don't. Have... If you look at the mom, she's dressed like Madonna and they talk about it constantly, true. they make the worst reference to allison's boobs yeah i can't believe that word is fucking used but whatever it's not a thing yeah bose is not a yeah no one in the 90s ever still said that ever no one ever except for allison's or except for uh danny max danny yeah whatever whichever way it's danny i always want to call her max well, no, but I mean, like, Max apparently says it, right? Dan oh, yeah. Like, quoting him. I, I he likes know. looking at your yabos. Like, what the fuck? The fuck First of all, what mean? sister's just going to say that? That's ridiculous. It was extremely weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wonder if the time of year had that impact. Like, everybody has spent all their money on Jurassic Park. It wasn't the yeah. the um, fall. Like, it wasn't Halloween time. Uh, and then later that year, like actually movies that came out around Halloween are Nightmare Before Christmas, um, October 29th. Yeah. Like this weird time, like right after Halloween in 93 and then November 22nd, Mrs. Doubtfire came out. So like it was a pretty stacked year Yeah, and maybe there was just like, just nobody wanted to go to the theaters for this movie because it did so badly. It's like shocking. What's weird to me, and we'll kind of go over this more in a night or the Nightmare Before Christmas. But so at this point, Disney knew that the Nightmare Before Christmas was being made. Like it was, there was in full post production. But the Nightmare Before Christmas was such a gamble movie for them. Yeah, they were was. doing a full length claymation style movie. So. Why wouldn't you put the gamble movie earlier in the year? Why wouldn't you put the movie you're anticipating to be about Halloween and putting all of this money into it? $28 million. Why wouldn't you put that one on October 29th? I don't know why they're both out in the same year at all. I don't know why it's not one Halloween and then the next. I don't know why yeah. they delay one of them for a year and have two big uh, holiday hits. Or at least do hocus pocus around like sometime in october and then put nightmare before christmas out like in november december right exactly between right i don't under i don't really understand what they were thinking there but i think that i think it's an issue of timing that made this movie zero money well the irony here also is that both movies would go on to become wildly cult classic films like they are wildly successful in their own rights for, you know, respectively, but, and they were then too, they were in everybody's VHS roster. Yeah. It took 20 years for people to notice it. Like it just didn't happen in theaters, which is weird. Um, all right. Well, I guess this isn't the shortest timeline ever. There's a tobacco (laughs) warning on this movie. I I don't even know for whom, but there Uh, is the women smoking outside of the bar when they mistake the guy dressed like a cop as a real cop. Fun fact for you guys real quick. That's a felony. It is, yeah. I, I clocked that too. Yeah. 
Just want to like, throw that wow. out there. What the fuck? Doesn't yeah, matter if it's Halloween or not, dude. Straight up impersonating a fucking police officer. That's but. not okay. Yeah. Um, in the parks, there's nothing, right? Like, do they no, show up at absolutely Halloween nothing. ever? They, if they do, I've never been at a time where they would have been present, but I have never heard of anything, and everything is overtaken by Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So, That's right. Interesting you know, how they're yeah. battling it out to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <Disney> <laughs> they, don't, they don't exist. Well, and I think a lot of people forget that Hocus Pocus is a Disney movie. I, I, I would have I feel like a Yeah, I feel like most people don't know that because there is no Disney whimsy in this. There is no – it's not a musical in the sense that, like, they all just start singing about their problems. It is musical in the sense that, like, they sing, but everyone's aware they're singing. Like, it's not, you know – <laughs> and they even make a joke about that in the second one but it's diegetic music diegetic that was it's, the word i was looking for yeah, thank it's, you it's part of this the plot yeah yeah um yeah it's it's weird that they leave it i mean especially with how popular it is you'd think they would be around at halloween at disney i, I don't know. know listeners send us feedback you ever seen the sanderson sisters in a disney yeah. park although it know. does it's not a good look to have like their whole point is luring children and it's not a good look to have three women trying to lure kids at disneyland <laughs> so <laughs> i guess maybe that's I mean, why they don't show up <laughs> i guess that's true like their whole thing yeah. is like to kill children when they yeah. see them. Like, maybe that's a good point they want yeah. to the kids I like know. universal and like all of them they're not i would have... expect them to show up at pleasure island though like oh right like yeah. okay, so listeners, do you ever seen Sanderson Sisters at Pleasure Island? Let us know because I yeah. that seems like the appropriate <laughs> place. Um, sequels and remakes. That's we're what talking we're about, talk both. about it. We're gonna hit them both. Let's let's get out of the timeline and let's talk about the original movie. The OG Bette Midler, you're the love of my life. I love Sarah the most because why? Who wouldn't? But met Bette Midler just, I love her. This movie is so great, and I love her in it. I also love Bette Midler. Dude, she was huge, by the way. By the time this movie came out, like when they approached her about this movie, she was huge. That's what's so crazy. She was like properly famous. She'd been in like yeah. real movies and had a real career and was like a like musician or a songwriter or whatever, like yeah. a singer. And she was like, she comes in and just does this crazy shit for Disney. Like it's so out there. Yeah. And for it to bomb so hard with her giving it everything and doing so well, it's like really sucks. And, and yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker had been in a bunch of stuff at this point too. She had, she was, her most notable film was uh, actually Footloose, which she did in 1984. Yeah. And before that she was on a TV show, I think. Telling you, rewatch like any given moment of Sex in the City and tell me that Samantha isn't the one we should all have been trying to be all along. Well, I can't because I'm supposed to be here talking about the Sanderson sisters, but here we are. Instead, I'm just giving you stuff for you <laughs> <Yeah>. to edit. <laughs> I know. All right. But, um, okay. So. <sighs> Why does this movie work? Like, what is it about this movie that is just. I was trying to think about it while I was watching this. Like, Yeah. Like, why do we like it? Why? Yeah. What is it that makes it so good? I think it's Bette Midler and I think it's the comedy like her. I yeah. like the, like the three of them. They, they get this balance of. Dude, they genuinely feel related. Like they their chemistry is so good. Yeah. And they have this like there are points where they feel really malicious and evil. 
yeah. scary, yeah. but they're also like silly and ridiculous, and they get a balance the balance of those things really, really no. perfectly, I think. And then like Max is so funny. Like it has a karate kid vibe, doesn't it? It like, really does. Dude, yeah. okay. So I, I read your notes briefly and I was like, I need her to explain this. But then like I started thinking about it and I was like, this really is just like a down and out loner kid getting thrust into a world he doesn't understand or care about. Yeah, and it's like instead of this New York kid moving to LA, which is karate kid, right? It's like it's this beach boy kid. Yeah, moving to New England and they all make yeah. fun of him and hey Hollywood or whatever. <laughs> like Hollywood. I'm like so bitch, you live in in Salem. Massachusetts. Like, like calm what the down. Fuck? <laughs> you live in Salem, Massachusetts. Like chill. I also like that he calls himself Ice. Ice and he has it shaved into his shaved into his head. I'm like, bro, that's some that's some LA shit right there. Like, if you want to, like, you're making fun of the wrong person right now. Well, and like, also like 80s bully alert, right? Like, I thought we were done with this. I kind of did. Did they steal his shoes, man? Like, what the fuck is that? That it felt. It was so 80s. It really felt like the Karate Kid. Like, I really like could see these guys having a showdown at the dojo if this was going a different way. Hundred percent, dude. Like, but they solved their problems differently in this than than with karate but like yeah they solve it with candy yeah they solve it with candy uh it is a stone called fact however that all new englanders call cigarettes butts and i noticed that in this and it is was it really? incredibly accurate all of us forever no matter i never heard that I, well i wouldn't have known to look for that but they say it but absolutely like should we go have a butt is a thing or like a pack of butts like that's that's what we say that's, that's funny as fuck. I love it's, that. It's not just a 90s thing. Like, that's just still how New Englanders talk. So. That's so rad. Yeah, I enjoyed that that inclusion of that jargon. I was like, yeah, that is, that is how we talk. It's um, like a small ass detail only, like, New Englanders would notice. But I'm, like, fucking here for it, dude. I noticed it because you never hear it. Well, like, yeah, that's what I, I mean. Like, that's why I didn't England. catch it. I had no fucking clue what they were talking about. Well, I mean, no, I do. I figured it out, but like when I was a kid, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Oh, Oh, I didn't. I knew exactly what that meant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of like Karate Kid meets American Pie, right? Because it's like this kid's virginity causes this whole thing, which is so funny. Problem, and like every chance they get to bring it up, they fucking do. And it's like, are they implying that Allison's not a virgin? Yeah! Like, <laughs> what the are. hell? I think they are. No wonder that even the sister's talking about her yabos. Like, she's like the Salem slut or whatever the fuck they're talking. I don't well, no, know. Well, no, let's not slut shame no, no, the, I'm not the girl. Sl- I'm not slut shaming her, but, like, everyone is, is totally accepting that there's no chance Allison's the one that lit this candle. Like, everybody just assumes it was Max, and they're like, dude, you're a virgin. Like, what the fuck? Allison looks like she's like 23 and and Max yeah, actually a, looks like he's 15 or 16. Yeah, it's another one of those situations where a fucking 40-year-old is playing an 18-year-old kind of thing. Well, and not, I like that in the really sequel when they said they were 40, but they'd used a de-aging. <laughs> yeah, they weren't kids. They used the de-aging stuff. I liked that. That um, was good. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, everyone knows there's no shot. It wasn't. No one even suspects that maybe it was like the little girl who like. Oh, Yeah is obviously not sexually active. Uh, Why wasn't that your first thought? Like that would have like, made no shot, so no, much more sense. It's definitely this kid. This yeah, definitely it's definitely this, this boy. He's like, boy. 
<laughs> Bro, and he gets so fed up with it too. He's like, dude, I'll get it tattooed on my forehead. Like, what the fuck? Just help it's us. So funny. Well, and you can really tell like that, like it was expected that these kids. How old do you think they were supposed to be? Like juniors? Sixteen. He says he's sixteen. Ah, uh, it's okay, Max. You don't have to have had sex by sixteen. Seventeen's the right answer. Right? That was when I did it. Sorry, That's mom. What- um, oh, I was 15. That's what they say oh on the... Oh, my God. Uh, I know. I was a bad kid. That's <laughs> what... I had a boyfriend. That's what they say uh, in... If you say sex in the city right now, I'm going to be it? so No, bad. it's like family guy or, or American dad. And they're like, they're like, but what age is the right age to have nope. sex? Nope. I can't believe 17. I'm about to blow your mind with this correction right now. It's South Park, and it's the oh, episode where the kids yeah. are taught about sex, it's and they chef. have a massive right. fight, and sex right. says the best time for them to learn about sex is 17. 17 or college. Children. And they said, but what if I'm not ready at 17? And he goes, 17. 17. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my god! Yeah, it's poor Max. I mean, I just thought that was hilarious, and he's trying to get laid this whole time. And you know, and he absolutely he got laid after this. Oh, like, he so no did. Questions yeah. at, and or Max ends his story by no longer being a virgin. Yeah, definitely. Um, like not not a fucking shot. I just <laughs> the problem that I have with this movie, like that, my is I gave this a ten out of ten. Spoiler alert! But um, my one like issue with this movie and like the way it handles Max is it can't figure out like what lesson he's supposed to be learning until like the very end. Like, is it just supposed to be him like fixing his problem or is it supposed to be about him protecting Danny and like how he bailed on her going trick or treating? Cause he does end up doing that with her. So that can't be the whole problem. Well, wait, like what's his problem that he would be fixing his virginity? Yeah, that's okay, what yeah. I mean. Like, no, what? I'm, I'm question. I'm, I'm seriously clarifying. I'm like, his virginity, right? Is that we're on the same page? Okay. Yeah, that's. I'm like, if, are we? Is this the quest to get Max laid? Like, is that like? <laughs> no, it's not actually American Pie. I think that the I, main well, yeah. plot for him is also. Should we review American Pie? Yes, we know. absolutely should. Why are you even it's, asking me that? It's not on the timeline. It, it's about to be. But it's like <laughs> the most '90s thing that ever '90s, and I. It really is. It. Um. <sighs> All right, we'll do we'll do American Pie. But no, I think his main thing is like how to be a good big brother to Danny and how to like appreciate yeah. his family and, and also how to appreciate Salem. I think that's part of it of like I'm yeah. it's very understated, but it's technically there. I mean, he does spend the first like half of the movie just shitting on them living there. Like yeah, like mad about the move. Like he's like settling into a new place. That's definitely part of the plot. First of all, if he hates it so much there and he wants to like keep such a low profile and it's not interested, why does he go off on his tirade about how Halloween was invented by the candy companies? Like we already know that's not true, but like it just kind of like, it's just weird. I don't know. It's like, he's such a stud. Like it's, he has so much confidence when he gives Allison his number. Oh my God, dude. Like he doesn't come in like fish out of water. No, he doesn't. He is just like, I'm out here, bro. Like, I live in your town now. Yeah, Be aware of shit. me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I have arrived. I'm here. I'm from L.A. He What's is. Up? And he's just like, look, man, like, here's my number. Call me. But then he's getting bullied. And it's like. Yeah. It's like, who are really we? <laughs> that. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? It almost has like a toby Maguire, or sorry no uh, andrew garfield andrew garfield spider-man like how are you a nerd like look at you (laughs) give me a fucking break andrew garfield you don't play 
bullied nerd very like believably no definitely not not a chance in hell i will say this though for the 90s and this being like a typical like angsty teen side of the movie or whatever this is one of the only movies that we interact with a situation where they got moved and the parents aren't complete douchebags no these parents are great they're just they're like here awesome yeah they're like, they're everybody like, stop bitching. Like, we didn't have to leave our dogs at some random ranch or anything. Like, we're all here. Everything's fine. <laughs> we're here. We're good. We're chill. Like, don't yeah, even fucking relax. freak out about it. We don't have pets to leave behind, you guys. Yeah, it's like, all fine. Also. We're here in this dope New England house. with like That have dude. A- that's what I was literally about to say. Who would not want to fucking live in that house? That house is so fire. Oh, yeah. my God. They have an interesting widow's walk that's like an it's, indoor widow's walk it's like a yeah it's enclosed which is weird because normally the widow's walk is like outside. right outside right yeah it's a very new englandy thing um the west coast sucks man yeah <laughs> i fucking hate it here <laughs> anyway but so <laughs> the person whose story this really is though isn't our little airhead virgin right <laughs> no um much much as an engaging protagonist as he is this is really binks's story and he really the best, is right kind of is yeah he looks great like the cg or whatever on binks is like shockingly believable for 93 believable. it's really good and i did look that up um they just filmed the scenes with the cat and then cg'd on they would freeze frame and cg on his face for the scenes where he needed to talk but he I think that the movie does a really good job of reminding you that this all started because Thackeray tried to save his sister. He is the better Max mm-hmm. at the beginning of this. And it's it's all like everything is like a terrible. It also shows a fucking dead child. I just if you guys forgot that. <laughs> I know. Um, it does. literally shows her fucking dead at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. like That's so bonkers to me. Yeah. They do just murder that little kid and like yeah. explicitly aim to like eat children for both yep. movies. Um, this is the Disney it without it the clown. Of, it kind of is <laughs> like it's it's definitely uh, it's not not kind of scary. Like No, it is. Way. It's like, actually like a, terrifying. It has a PG rating. So it's this thing somehow that definitely didn't get away with the G. No, I'm not saying it should be PG-13. I mean, it's oh, not I think G. it should. I absolutely think it's well, there wasn't enough door and like scary look. I mean, he cuts his mouth open. Billy cuts his mouth open and the the Uh, moths come out. Which was real, by the way. Those are real moths. I know, which is horrifying. Yeah, he Um, had to have a little enclosure in his mouth that separated them from going down his throat. Ew. Yeah, and then they like safety glued his uh or they like soft glued his lips shut so that when he cut it open they they escaped out of his mouth. Ew. That's yeah, that's insane to me. Also, a little fun fact for you guys. he His mouth is sewn up in the style of the Roman numerals for 13. Huh. Yep. Just because that's supposed to be like a witchy number or whatever. I don't really Spooky. get that. Because it's unlucky. Yeah, that's true. Well, just like the black cat, right? All the Halloween. Well, numbers. yeah. I like his little story and I like how he gets to go home with his sister and yeah. And- his story parallels with Max's on like being a good big brother. Like that's definitely the moral of the story. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's Um, the heart of it too, is like, this is all about siblings. If you really like boil it down, like the Sanderson sisters have each other. 
and it's like all about because at the and that's really kind of what the second one is about. When we get to the second say, one, I'll break yeah. it down a lot. But um, this one is is really all about like Max accepting like you might not be where you want to be right now, but you're with the people who matter. Like you know, mm-hmm. like it matters to be a big brother and it yeah. matters to. Yeah, not being an asshole, and I mean, I think, like, the the kid in Jurassic World probably learns a similar lesson almost, like, I, you know, it's all very basic. What makes this movie good is the comedy and, like, the acting of the three witches and, like, the silly 90s-ness of the kids and all the coolness of the setting, like all the, all the Halloween stuff and the idea of being out on Halloween and all the adults are bewitched and no one can help you and you're out in your town, but nobody. So that was actually the part I liked the most. Yeah. That's it works. Yeah. Like this isn't about like, dude, I can go get the adults and the adults can handle this shit. Like, no, they do a really good and really plausible. Like they make like a plausible effort to remove the parents as a helpful tool. Yeah. She traps them there. And so now he really is like by himself. I do think it's weird that he only finds one cop the entire night, but whatever. Well, I like that. I think the interaction with the cop adds to it, too. Like, it's covering a lot of the things that people would say. But why wouldn't you? You know, they do all of the logical things that you would do to get help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, they are yeah. they are so alone. Yeah, but, they try to get their parents. They try to get the cops. They it's. And yeah, it, I think that yeah. would be the most terrifying part of this. Like, genuinely, I think that would be even as a 16 year old. Not like because at that point you're breaking, you're broken down. Like all of your avenues of of assistance have have evaporated. Mm-hmm. You are that is the most alone you probably have ever felt in your life. Yep. You can't get it's, help from anybody. It's extremely effective. I mean, it's why spoilers. Uh, it's why Gandalf and Dumbledore have to die. Very true. Because this is how it works. This is how that works. And taking away the like adult figures. I can't in believe this you case. just said spoiler. <laughs> Seventy-year-old I mean, book and a whatever. fucking. <laughs> Did you say seven? Seventy-year-old book series oh. and a sixteen-year-old book ending. I thought you were trying to say seven years on Harry Potter, and I was like, no, I hate no, to dude. tell you how old we are. No, but it's I, older than I that. am so aware. Trust I'm me. I'm sorry doing to this... tell you, you're not 25. <laughs> no, reminding me or doing this show every week reminds me how fucking old I am. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> like bring you back to life so much. Um, yeah, but we didn't really talk about them. But I genuinely feel like what works for me the most, and just genuinely in this movie, is while they are the antagonists and they are scary in their own right. It is very, the funniest part about this is how realistic it is. They are blown away by the fucking asphalt of the road. They're terrified of the bus. They're bamboozled by the Halloween decorations and think that Gary Marshall is their fucking is, is Satan. They call him master, but you know what he's supposed to be. That was really funny. Yeah. And I was, I always thought it was like funny and also scary when they say like, go to hell. And she says, I've been there. Oh yeah. I've been there. It's, I found it quite lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Like, Oh, Bette Midler. So good. Yeah, and she the, is. The, like, yeah, they're awesome. Everything about them is awesome. And they don't, they're just, they're just bad guys. Cause they're bad guys. They don't have any backstory until we get to the sequel. They don't have a lot of like sympathy or sympathetic attributes till we get to the sequel. Like they just kind of are 
three evil witches and they're yeah. funny but they're also dangerous like the they pull off this great balance like i was saying right of like they're totally the comic relief and the adults like know these actors and love them and they're the big name actors and they're doing this ridiculous shit uh but it is it is scary and the kids are on their own and, the, and there are no police or parents or any of the things and bet midler singing and and i just i'm like man why why did you guys put this out in july yeah. this movie was great and yet everybody hated it and i i just don't i think that has to be it i genuinely why. think but people would have had to like, see this and be like why the fuck is this coming we're not gonna go see a halloween movie but in july look at the critic score like the critics the critic score and the like how many people actually put butts in seats at theaters are like kind of unrelated i would say in this case yeah. and they're both bad and i'm like how so i don't know i don't know but but yeah, that's the first movie and it's simple and it's great. And how did <laughs> how did you feel about the other movie that they made also that was Hocus so, Pocus? That was also Hocus Pocus. So <laughs> this is oh, the first time I'd seen this. Had you already watched the sequel? So no, I had not seen this. And okay. so I was talking to my I was talking to Aunt Jamie um yesterday about the show and I was telling her what we we're doing for the Halloween special and everything. And she said that she had watched it and she did not care for it. So, I went into this cautiously optimistic. And all how I'm going to word this to you guys is if this sequel works or not is entirely up to you. This this can this cannot be a like it was great because it told this kind of story. Like no, you're either going to like this movie or you're not. And I can understand both sides of the coin for people liking this and people not liking this. Yeah. I will start with the things that don't work. I'll sprinkle in a couple things that are great. Obviously, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy are wonderful. They are the greatest part of this movie. The addition of the like supporting cast is obviously they have their great moments too. But there are problems right off the bat when everybody falls into an atypical Disney trope. Cassie is the standard friend that got a boyfriend is now too cool to hang out with her original friends doesn't talk to them anymore kind of thing izzy is the quirky only adds things when the story requires her to add things friend who just happens to have an idea that works out at the opportune moment um and becca is the the overused reluctant hero that is different from everybody, but finds out she has powers and learns the lesson that the villain just ignored. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not, and it's not to say that that's bad. It's just like, it feels the best way I can put this is it feels like it was made for Disney plus. It feels like this was not supposed to be released in theaters. And you, if you've watched like any kind of made for TV movie sequel or, even like a Disney channel original movie, you know that there is a major difference in script and and production quality between a theatrical release and a, you know, like a Disney plus movie. And unfortunately this kind of suffers from that. There's weird moments with the visual effects. Like when the book is flipping through pages, it almost looks like it's a green screen. Like things around them just don't look like they add up. Um, it's just, I don't know. (laughs) And it's, they're, the characters are underdeveloped, I think. They really are. 
Like, I'd be fine with them all fitting into those tropes if it was better done, but it's really... Like they all, they have their little coven thing that I like, and I, yeah. I do like the way that they resolve uh, Cassie, like not being a friend anymore. But it's just very, it's super basic, and it's just underdeveloped. Like I'd be yeah. fine with that being the thing that they're doing, but they just kind of did it poorly. Because you did mention Cassie, I do like that their reconciliation is a result of a miscommunication with the town idiot. <laughs> yeah with Cassie's boyfriend with Mike yeah he just didn't know he was making fun of them and in other movies you would be like dude you're an asshole but in this you're like no I believe it this guy is actually just like an idiot he's a lovable oaf like he didn't want to make fun of he wasn't trying to make fun of them because yeah. he genuinely is broken up b- by his actions he's like holy like- shit I have so many people to apologize to now yeah, I liked that line. I liked that he was like, oh, my God, I didn't get it. And like, is yeah. so willing to accept that he was wrong and like want to go make amends for that. I was like, that's so healthy. I love that. Like, Yeah, I, I did really yeah, like that. Appreciated that, was, that. I liked that was his cute. thing. My one. OK, so like then the my last like other big thing is there is a weird continuity error in this. And it's only because. It doesn't make sense to the story when the sisters are after they bewitch the party or the, the fair to go look for the mayor, they're flying around trying to find him too. And there's two scenes of them. Uh, Sarah looks in a window or uh, uh, Winifred looks in a window and Mary looks in a window. When, when Winifred looks in the window, it's a couple watching the first Hocus Pocus movie. Yeah. And uh- <laughs> how are they doing that? Okay. I have the best answer ever. Oh God. They made a movie about it. I think so. Because think about like, <laughs> I think that could work in continuity. I swear to God I do because yeah, it's ridiculous. And it, it's, it's, it is probably just silliness, but um, they do have like, they have the, the Sanderson house is now turned into a gift shop and like or a the gift magic shop, shop slash yeah. magic shop where they sell fake copies of book. And they have all of like the Sanderson sister stuff and like people like there's like a who did it miss Sanderson sister dress up contest. I 100% believe that a movie was made about it and like about what happened, the rumors of what happened that night that there was a movie made about what happened in 1993. Everybody knows that story. So I 100% believe that there's a movie, even if they don't directly address it and you just see people watching it. Totally buy it. Works for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay i buy that tentatively and only because of how his like gift shop works and everything like it's set up or like the, for yeah. it to not bother me i mean it didn't bother me i was just like wait what i just like i took notice of it um and then really like my only other like my only other note was i love when they sing because that's a huge part of them and like gilbert even says he's like oh were they singing they love to do that I thought that was really funny when he asked when they were they singing they were when singing, they got resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, like and yes, I do, they were. They were, and I do like that part of it. But there was just something weird about the minute that they arrive, they break into a song. Like, yeah, I feel like we should have had a little bit more. Like, how are we back? What year is this? What I don't know. That's it's stuff like that that made it more made for TV for me than the first one because the first one they would have been like, What 
what are we doing here? Like we're back. Like we got to figure out our surroundings and shit. Like, cause they do that when they get resurrected in the first one, they like search the house. Right. But in this one, well, they're just they... like, well, and they use it to reveal that they knew that the girls were there the whole time, which I'm super okay with. That was like, when I first texted you, I was like, well, this is kind of, I'm now annoyed. And then like yeah. two minutes later, I was like, never mind, we're good. Like this is no, fucking, okay. this is fucking hilarious. It. Because yeah. it does. I like that good reveal of the borderline omnipotent villain where they're like, the girls think they've escaped or they're spying on them, but they're also making like fourth wall breaking commentary about like, who are they performing for? And then Sarah appears right in front of him and she's like, you! I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I like this. That was, I that was okay. I just like didn't really like the choice of song. Like yeah. it, it just wasn't great it didn't it it was it didn't even begin to approach being like the i put a spell on you yeah and it was i i did think it was funny but i didn't actually like the musical number didn't didn't really like i didn't like the choice of song but yeah but i still liked that that was part of their lore and that they sang a couple of times Yeah. (laughs) yeah like i think that's really funny yeah and weird that they don't mention max danny and allison when they do reference banks because there's that cat that's like yeah cobweb which is hilarious yeah i love cobweb they don't even talk about him like i understand that the actors didn't come back and that kind of sucks danny was originally supposed to come back but a scheduling conflict stopped her from appearing in the movie that's too bad because it is yeah an adult who could help them or something oh yeah that would have been like i've been here before or whatever yeah Um, she'd be like 45 or something no she'd be like 40 though right danny was probably 10 Probably about ten or eleven. Yeah, she'd be about forty. Yeah, late thirty, early forties. Yeah, Yeah. but she would. Yeah, she would have been able to help them. Like she could have, or like no one talks about them though. But like it's not even just the sisters. Like even Gilbert doesn't mention them when he when he talks about seeing them in ninety three. He like he he doesn't talk about like oh I saw you get destroyed and then like it was because there's no way that Max didn't tell the school what happened or that. He wouldn't have tried to like track down the people who he saw there. Yeah, exactly. Right. It just like, why ignore them at all or like entirely? It's it's, yeah, because they, they do address so much else of the events of 93 and not them. It's a little weird that they like, I don't think it would be weird if they had left out the whole of that storyline and just like not addressed the last time that they had been resurrected. But I was really glad that they did. Like, I thought that that made it so much cooler to have, like, their lore and the gift shop and all of the stuff. And obviously they made a movie and all of the things. Like, I liked that. So, yeah, yeah, it is weird that they left them out. But I guess that was their attempt at covering for the fact that they weren't going to get them back. Like, why bring them up if they're not? Yeah, I mean, I from a writing standpoint. That was kind of my only thing. And I do like your note here, too, about, like, why didn't we use de-aging? Yeah, this is what bothered me. And I said this, like, I guess something that's worth saying that we have is that we did low-key cover Hocus Pocus during last year's Halloween special where we talked yeah. about a lot of different movies. So we talked about Hocus Pocus for, like, a, f- a few minutes. But one of the things, because when we did that episode, the sequel hadn't come out yet. We just, so, yeah, we just knew it was coming. Yeah, we were we were talked about some of our theories or our anticipation for it. And one of the things that we mentioned was how cool the de-aging would be because Disney has this technology and this is the Sanderson sisters whole thing. So how great will that be? Mm-hmm. And they can de-age them 
from what they look like now. And it, like, I would be down to just do it every 30 years. Right. And use that like yeah. princess Leia tech yeah. to just bring them back to life after like long after they're dead and yeah. just keep having the Sanderson sisters be a thing because you can make it work in plot that it, even if it, it doesn't even look, need to look that good. They could absolutely in world plot wise, make it be like, well, you look a little weird. It's a little unnatural, but you're younger. Like they yeah, for real. absolutely have that line and it would be fine. Yeah. Um, you can even make it a joke about how it doesn't look great and they fucked up the spell or something. Like yeah. it almost looks believable. Like yeah. I'd be fine with that, but that just doesn't get mentioned at all in here. And we could just remake this movie every 30 years. They don't de-age them at all. Cause they, and this is true. Never kill any children in this movie. Very true. No one dies in this movie. And I think that that is where we had the missed opportunity because in order for them to de-age, they have to kill a child. And I think maybe we're less willing to do that in the year of our Lord 2022. Probably. we were 30 years ago in 1993. So that might be what's going on here that they're like, because it means they have to kill a kid if they get DA, if they de-age. Yeah. Which sucks because I would very much like to have Bette Midler every 30 years, no matter oh, how old or dead Bette Midler eventually oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do this 30 years later. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know that we'll still have Bette Midler in 30 in another 30 years, but I would be down to just have her live on forever in this character through oh, the yeah. technology. But I guess we're not killing kids on TV anymore. So I guess we're you not. Know, fuck. Thanks, uh, 2022. Yeah, but that was that was too bad because that would have like that would have been really nice. Um, I did enjoy the scene in Walgreens, but I I think they underused the culture shock lost in time thing. I yeah, think they a lot more with it. Could've that was another one of my big problems. Was like she doesn't know what a photo is, but then she knows how to take a selfie. Like my expectations for this were, we could just keep doing these sequels forever because we can use the de aging and every the thirty years changes, of the yeah. future. Like it'll be the future again, and there will be all new stuff for them to see and be shocked by. And like this formula could just live on forever with humanity and just become part of the fabric of society. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but they didn't lean into it, and I'm like, you guys, like this was how you do this. Like this is how you continue to have these sequels forever. <laughs> Well, uh, and that's that's what makes the first one so funny is like they're like, OK, we have to go kill these children or whatever. We have to find them. And oh, my God, what is this black river in the road? I like that. like they're thrown off by the the shit we see every day. Yeah, but in this, and- they're just like they even know how to address the employee. The guy just goes walking by and she's like, how many children's souls are in this? And he's like, um, zero. <laughs> I don't know. I I I liked the Walgreens scene. The Walgreens scene was probably one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie. And the yeah, inclusion let's... of the Roomba is that's okay. So that's where we're going to get into the things that work. The way that technology is affected by their magic is actually really well done in this. And not even the yeah. Roomba part. I'm talking I'm talking about her phone when they're trapped by the dungeon spell. That was super clever. Yeah. The fact that even her phone doesn't work when she's down there was so top notch for me. Yeah, I loved no that. Because that yeah. would have been, it would have been funny if they were like, well, we don't know what this magic is. Like, we wouldn't have anticipated this in our spell. But the spell is like, no, you can't get it out of this room in any form. 
Yeah. I loved the way they incorporated that. It was also a really great way of like getting rid of the tech because like think about like, for instance, um, the Umbrella Academy is a good example of this. It was a show that takes place in our time. Like they say it's 2019, it's 2020, like in the show, they're explicit about what it is, but there are no phones. It's like this weird alternate universe where nobody has a cell phone and there's no like technology still kind of basic. And it just alleviate it. Well, in umbrella Academy, it's kind of a stylistic thing as well, but it like alleviates the issues of how easy the plot can get solved with a cell phone. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And they don't have to do that here. I think that Sabrina does the same thing. Um, the, the chilling adventures of, yeah, the chilling adventures. Yeah. Yeah. That universe, they don't have phones, right? Or they don't use them very effectively. Like it's very like it's that weird low tech. Yeah, like because it because it solves the plot too easily. Unless the plot is Pretty Little Liars, in which case the cell phone is the whole the whole fucking point of it. Yeah, nothing would be happening. (laughs) Um, I still have to catch up on the new Pretty Little Liars. Maybe I'll do that today. Uh, But yeah, they don't have to do that in this. They just, the spells cover the phone, which is really clever because everybody's always looking for how to kind of cut that out of your plot to make your thriller. thriller. So I really liked the way they did that. Um, And I did like the Roombas. I thought the Roombas were funny because they didn't serve any purpose. They just were consistently there. Yeah. They, she calls them her roomies. And I like, I love uh, that Sarah is always feeding them. Yeah. She gives them popcorn mess. and shit. Yeah, they love yeah. mess. This I do is think so funny. This one showcases more than the first one how dumb Sarah is. Yeah. I don't think dumb is the right word. Mm. She's a little bit of the She is happily like... unburdened with the dude i'm trying to be so nice to her because she is my favorite part of these movies like i fucking love sarah she is so funny yeah she is i she was always my favorite um she is a little bit sort of naive and uh they're all silly in their way yeah i don't really care for mary i don't know what it is i just i think she's got like this one thing where she like growls or barks like a dog otherwise she's just like there she like holds her mouth a funny way. Yeah. Bye bye. And everyone thought that was really funny when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little bit of the silly, like made for kids comic relief. Yeah. Also, because we're talking about next week. Fun fact for you guys. Her hair is designed like the hill from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it is. Yep. Ugh, I have so many trepidations about watching that movie. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I hate Tim Burton, but I'm interested in it. Um, it's the movie I'm going into with the least positive outlook. Yes, I'm sure, and I know that's not <laughs> true at all. I, for ex- reference, it's guys, close. go go listen to Never Ending Story. I was gonna say maybe it's like a close second <laughs> to how I went. Like this Never Ending Story, I knew, I knew for a fact I was not gonna like, and I was right. Yeah. But this one, I actually think I may. May surprise you. At least Nightmare Before Christmas, I did watch as a kid. Like it was in the rotation. Like I, I, it was like I hated it, but I kept watching it. Yeah. I had a weird, I don't know, but Never Ending Story, I always hated and I still hate now. So, yes, I know. We'll see. Um, but can I hit you with a hot take? Please. This is the only movie I've ever, both of these actually, the first one and the sequel, 
It's the only movie I've ever thought that Sarah Jessica Parker was attractive in. I think that's like a totally reasonable personal call. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's hotness is like very debated. Yes. In so many, like notably in Family Guy, right? They're like in South Park. To her and Family yeah. Guy. And so, yeah, in South Park. Like they, like a lot of people rip on her appearance, which is obviously not what we're here to do. No. Um, but it it's weird how hotly debated her hotness is. Um, my personal view of it is that she has like an unbelievable body, uh, at mm. least in the, in the 90s. I mean, she, you know, she's extremely like older now so it's not really fair to like well dropping but in the 90s when she was well no i, I 30 years I, is extremely older yeah she that's was as old as i am um but you're older than that i'm an extreme person you're yes we were extremely <laughs> old uh, whoa no, i mean whoa <laughs> <laughs> but no sarah jessica parker's body in the late the first one insane yeah like all through Sex in the City, but no, she had an insane body. So I don't know. That's my opinion about. I just I think I thought she was smoking hot in the first one, dude. It just yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker is kind of smoking hot though. I just I don't know. I I. I haven't watched Sex in the City, so I I have no frame of reference. You've never have you never seen any of it? So like, I worked in a no movie theater. When the no, not the movies. The movies are really, really horrific. Not well, no, that's movies. what I'm telling you. Like, I whatever movie was the one where the redhead puts sushi all over her body and lays that's on the table. The second movie, it's fucking atrocious. It's so racist. It's like the worst thing anyone's ever been forced to see. That's yeah. not so, Sex in the City. That's like, all I know about that. it. No, that's all I know. You have never seen an episode of the show. Negative. Please don't make oh, me watch man. this. I'm not gonna make you, but please. <laughs> As though I can make you watch anything. The number of things you won't watch. Ah, here truth. we are again. Even it's on Halloween. Truth. Even on Halloween, this most sacred of holidays, Scott still hasn't watched anything I've asked him to watch. That is so not true. It kind of is. It kind of like is. Really true. <laughs> it's like extremely, extremely true. But no, that's crazy that you never saw an episode of the show, though. Well, like, like I why would I have? It. it was the end. Of, it was the early. It was the late 90s. Because everyone, because you had a sister, because you who was younger than me. My mom, my mom didn't watch shows like that. My dad, my dad, my parents watched like Sopranos and shit. Well, yeah, but this was on right before the Sopranos. I'm pretty sure on Sunday nights. If she watched it, it was. This was an HBO show, Scott. I know. This was a prestige HBO. I understand that. My mom put us to bed at 7.30 every Sunday. She called it 7.30 Sundays. And she did it until we were like 16. And I was like, yeah. Mom, I'm fucking 16. I go to boarding school. I don't need to go to bed at 7.30 on a Sunday. That's not like... Ew, I'm yeah, a, what I'm, the fuck? Yeah, I'm 16. What is this? And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Just get out of the living room. Like, And I didn't understand until... She was watching the show. Recently. She's watching Sex in the City and Sopranos, and we were too young to yeah. watch it until we were around that age. And then I started watching Sex in the City when I was like 15 or 16. And she sent me the VHSs every week at boarding school because oh I didn't God. have HBO. And she'd record it on VHS <laughs> and send it to me. So that's she amazing. Would like overnight that shit. I know it was great. And I and then I was like the most popular in the dorm because I had the well, okay, it's not true. I was incredibly unpopular in high school. But on Sunday nights, 
or whatever day it was that I would receive the VHS in the mail and we would all get to watch Sex in the City. I was I was popular in those those hot little moments in high school. Right, we're gonna settle this right now <laughs> and find out. Because I do, watch I do want to know. Sex in the City. Like you should like watch one episode. They're only a half an hour long. Like just to see what this show was, you should watch a half an hour of it. Like they're only half an hour. Yeah, watch the first episode of Sex in the City. It's ridiculous and it's a, it's like the whole vibe yeah it's a 30 minute like comedy drama that was on hbo for six years mom which, are you calling your mom right now yeah but live on right air now. we're calling yeah. Simer to i want to know if she fucking watched this i was a little young to be watching it to be fair like oh, it's pretty i don't well yeah i mean hello Hey, did you ever watch Sex in the City? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> Goddamn right, Jody. No, ask her, ask her, ask her. Was it was it a cultural phenomenon? Was it was it a cultural phenomenon? Was the show a cultural phenomenon? Did you enjoy it? Well shit, there goes my whole argument. <laughs> okay, bye, mom. <laughs> Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm a little upset now. <laughs> I like how she goes, probably, yeah. yeah. Probably. Who fucking cares, Scott? Why are you calling me? I'm jogging. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, she was totally. Was she jogging? That's I did hilarious. not hear that. That's what she said. She said, I'm jogging. I'm, I'll call oh, you later. What the fuck? Okay. Um, no, it totally <laughs> was, though. It's all. You have to watch an episode of Sex in the City. No, I don't. You do. We should watch Party one episode together. Fine. Like just the pilot, like just the first episode of Sex in the City. All right, fine. Oh my god, I would be so happy if we went and did that after. No, we're doing that. Okay, I'm down. All okay. right, let's wrap up this then. I, <laughs> I'm like Sarah Jessica Parker. All right. Um. No, so the, like I said it kind of earlier in the movie or like in the episode, but the whole heart of this movie is. The second one, not the first one. The first one is about like understanding you have to be a good sibling or whatever. This one is more about like just because someone like thinks you're weird doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. And like we see that in the beginning of the movie where like everybody misunderstands the Sanderson sisters. But then like when she gets home. Sarah and Mary had made her what I thought was fucking hysterical. They invent Jello. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and put, they're like, look, and we made it jiggle by putting in spider's blood. And I'm like, that's weird for people, but that's also like hella fucking adorable. It was kind of awesome getting to see their little childhood. Cool. It was kind of yeah. long. Yeah. The it was a lot longer than I thought. Long. Yeah. Yeah. And it set up the movie and it was good and it made them like more sympathetic and gave them a nice little arc. And like, yeah, I ultimately feel like uh, it made sense for there to be a sequel, like that there was more for them to explore here beyond yeah. nostalgia bait, even though a lot of this was nostalgia bait. And it did have that made for TV feel. You're right. Well, and it it also does a lot to foreshadow. So like if you <clears throat> if you pay attention when they first meet the mother, her eyes are glowing silver and her magic is silver. Um, when 
Winifred casts Magikai Maxima, her eyes are glowing silver. So hmm. you figure out the mother did this to her coven. And that's why she tells Winifred that she is so lucky to have the two of them and to promise her never to use that spell. Oh, my God. You're right. I didn't put that together. Yeah. I just put that together like two that... hours ago when I was watching the movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you mean while you were doing it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice prep time on both of us. Um, yeah, I, know. I blame Taylor Swift. I do, too. Prepared for this. Fucking Taylor. Oh, uh, yeah. But also it was so way to go, Tay Tay. Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was not facetious. I was being serious. Good job. This album <laughs> slays it. But I I did like Winifred's little arc and like that she yeah. loses her sisters and then I like that instead of bringing them back, the spell kills her too. Yeah, I did kind of like that we didn't get this whole like they're not evil anymore. They like they just want to be with each other thing. It was mm-hmm. like they're still fucking bad guys. Like they're still they're still the bad guys. Yeah, 100%. But it's more about, like, Winifred doesn't want to do any of this without them. Yeah. So she's like, just send me back. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with this. And that honestly was, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie was it did become very heartwarming. Where it's like, dude, she is the villain, but, like, good job, like, letting us know, like, she does this for them. Everything she does is to protect them and keep them around. Yeah, and she was, like, willing to do something good to be with them. Yeah. Um, More than she, like, became a good guy. She was, like, willing to make an exception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I did enjoy that a lot. And I wonder about this other witch, the mom, the OG the witch. The mother, yeah. Yeah, like... Anna Waddingham. Her, yes, who's... um. Ted Lasso. She's Rebecca and Ted Lasso. Is she the one that owns the team? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. She's awesome. And she's Septa Unella from Game of Thrones. Yes, she is. That blows my blew mind. my fucking mind when I read yeah. that. For those of you who don't remember, she is the one that forces Cersei to walk through the street naked. Yeah. And shame, the one that Cersei uh, tortures at yeah, the end of that episode. The, gives to the mountain. Yeah. Um, I yeah. like that sentence too she gives to the mountain that's exactly yeah. what fucking happens too <laughs> she does yeah um and it's super fucked up but she was great in game of thrones and i'm like oh my god such range i did not realize that was her yeah uh but she's awesome and so i'm wondering like like okay assuming they would like to continue this franchise which like i guess i don't see why they wouldn't they totally Except set up the end of this so for unsuccessful and like every time and yet people love it. I don't know. But it's like um, if they want to continue this, like they did give Becca powers, which I kind of liked. Mm, dude, here's my like, this is my thing. Why did only Becca get powers? Because it is a huge deal in this movie that Mary and Sarah can now shoot lightning, too. Right. They get power. But why didn't they do the spell and that's how they got the power? But they never finished it and that's why they started getting more power. So if they had never finished it, then technically you can, in, making fun of Mike, you can make an inference that <laughs> uh, Mary and Sarah were now as powerful as Winifred. 
Although we do see, and they they show the level of power by the strength of the thunder, the lightning. Sarah's lightning isn't as powerful as Winnie's, but it is enough to like move her. Because like you think that when or like Sarah's finally going to stand up for herself, and she does for like a split second, and then she's like, "I'm sorry, Winnie. I understand. Yeah, right." But. I would have liked to have seen it where, like, these girls have done this ritual every Halloween. Why is only Becca the one that gets power? Well, I like how it mirrors the Sanderson sisters. That, like, they can all be a coven because they help her do the spell. But she's the one with the powers. And, like, that seems to be, like, a standard dynamic for the coven. And they're like, witches get their powers at 16 and she's like turning 16 and it's her birthday and she's the main character. And like, that's how it works with the original three, right? You have one who can yeah. like do all the shit and the other two who are kind of there, but maybe the other two are 15 super well, maybe you never know. Um, or it could, I mean, I don't, I think if the Sanderson sisters didn't all three need to have power without doing that spell, then it makes sense that these three don't either. Like, I guess. That's like, it's like totally tracks. Like it's congruous with, it would be weird if they didn't, it would be more different and weird if they all had the powers, but I liked the way they did it because I think it does set up like what we could do with the, the mother, the other witch, right? Cause if yeah, now she we is watching them at the and, end. Yeah. The, the Raven or whatever that she turns into follows them. And yeah. like now there's this like new coven like, I don't know. I could totally see this being like the plot of the sequel being like about the three girls and the mother, which mother like, coming back yeah. work without the original cast. I kind of don't think so. I don't think so. I think which is the why only... de-aging and let's just kill some kids in the I movie <laughs> because that solves all of this and we can have Bette Midler forever. She can just sign the rights to that now. I'm sure she would be fine with it. Like, oh, she so keep, would keep keep making uh, Winifred forever. I think the only way that this works, honestly, if they do another sequel, is like they have to bring Winifred and them back to fight the mother. Like that's the only way it works. On their side. Yeah. Yeah, I just they're gonna have to. I just wish they could do the de aging thing. I know. Because it's just. I also would be like I'm of two minds on this. Like I would be shocked if Bette Midler wants to come back for another one. Like, they were well, so stoked about this one, and now they're seeing, like, nobody liked it. I guess, like, de-aging that, like, leads us to the weird Princess Leia tech that just allows us to do this forever. Because they could, like, totally make this believable to the audience if they had one movie like this where they de-age and we get used to them looking a little weird. And, like, then we just keep making them, like, CG. Like, just have CG Bette Midler forever. I don't know why. Like, I just, I don't know why I want this so much, but I do. (laughs) I mean, I would love to have a sequel, too. I absolutely would. I think what's more likely that they'll do is something to fuck with time. Because that seems to be, like, one of Disney's favorite tropes right now. Yeah. And so, like, They'll find a spell to be like, we got to bring one of her back. And the black flame candle won't work because the mother knows the spell for how the black flame candle works and she'll shut it off. But the black flame candle will allow them to communicate with Winifred enough. So they'll bring back like just Bette Midler. Right. And they'll have a talk with her while she's like sipping martinis with Satan in hell. And like, 
I don't know. And she'll tell them, like, this is what you need to do. Like, we learn from her at our youngest and our most youthful, like, go and find us. And so they pull them in, like, their mid-20s or something. Because now you can get new actors involved. Yeah. And I think that's how they do it. Uh, That or they run the train on this Halloween town style and just run this shit into the ground. And I don't I mean, think do I, don't, too, I don't think they would do that, but I yeah. I actually like the idea of one where they play with time, but where the kids go back in time. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, and have like an adventure in Salem in the 1600s. Yeah, like because the witches like where it's on them discovering witches. the old times rather than like yeah the old around. times discovering them. Yeah, I actually that'd be cool as fuck. I'd be totally yeah. down for that. And then you could have them, but cast people in their twenties or whatever. So, because the kids in the initial scene, like the flashback cold open, did a good job. They did a great job. She turned into leaves. But they were kids. They were child actors. It was not great. It was yeah. not great. And it's a lot to pull off as a child actor. This like goofiness that like Winifred has. It would be better if they could cast somebody in their early thirties or whatever. Or or even older, like cast someone in their early early 40s, the way that Bette Midler was when the first movie was made, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, have so or I, how old was she when this was made? Mid 30s, early 40s. Well, let me see. Um, cast a fucking adult to play. She's 76, her. so she was in her late 40s when the last one came out. She was 45 when the last one came out. Yeah, cast an adult. Yeah. You know that the cast of the Sex and the City sequel is the same age as the Golden Girls were in their first season? Like, the characters? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. It's, like, really bad, but it's also, like, groundbreaking in some ways. <laughs> like, yeah. Also... they're still getting laid. That just reminded me... Um, <laughs> that just reminded me... There's a fucking... There's a joke about the Golden Girls in the second one. Where they go to really? that local, yeah, when they go to that lookalike concert, or they go to that lookalike uh, thing, he's like, great, whatever. Like, we're standing here with, oh, no, it's the dad. When he's like, uh, when he finds them in the garage, and then he's like, he's asking the girls, like, what the hell is going on here? Or like, what the heck? Because it's Tommy Hale, or it's Tony Hale, and he's hilarious. Right. Um, but he's like, what do we got? Like, the discount witchcraft golden girls in my garage right now? What is this? Like, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I love him. He was. That's another thing I do like about both of these movies, and I said it about the first one. But there are good parents in this. Like, the dad is not an asshole. He's a little overbearing, you know, and goofy. I would kind of have liked an explanation about why there's no mom, but seeing yeah. how he acts, I can kind of get it. Maybe she did leave. <laughs> I don't know. And I really wanted that man to get his uh I wanted him to get his caramel apple so bad and he didn't. Dude. I'm gonna have to get myself a caramel apple. I kinda want one too, movie. yeah. Like I'm seriously thinking about going and doing that because that looked bomb. Yeah, they look fucking rad. There's a place here called Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. Oh, we used to have those in um Vegas, I think. Did you? When I was there. Yeah. Yeah, they have fucking caramel apples all year. All year long. They make flavored fudge too, which if anybody has ever seen mm. watermelon fudge and thought that looks good, it's not. Don't try it. The texture throws you off so bad. 
that sounds disgusting. You know what is really good? And you, I've only ever gotten it on Amazon and I had to like legit toss it because I was going to eat a thousand calories of it. Um, Peanut brittle? Dried watermelon. The fuck? Yeah. And it's like dried. That's such wedges. an oxymoron. Dude, it's so good. It's like the sugariest, juiciest dried fruit ever. And you get like a whole slice of watermelon dried and it goes down to like, you know, it's maybe like three inches long when it dries, but it still has the seeds in it. And so you can buy it. No, it's great because it adds this like crunch because they're dried. Like they're like baked seeds. Like they taste delicious and they're dried into the dried watermelon and it tastes unbelievable. And the rind is there and everything. Asia translating my or, dried mango Hawaiian favorites naturally flavored. You have to look it up on Amazon. I'm on Amazon. Dried watermelon right here. Eighteen dollars for this? Fuck no, dude. Oh, it is like really expensive. Um, yeah, it is. Twenty ounces. Yeah, and it's like a gazillion calories. Yeah, it is. Holy shit! I ordered it for a special treat, and legit, I had to toss like half this bag because so I was just gonna eat all of it. And like, can Good you imagine Lord. eating like three full watermelons? Like how full you'd be? Yes, I and can. And how much sugar? Like that. And obviously, there's not all the water to make you full, but like all the sugar and all the like, I almost ate like several full watermelons. It was like you have to get rid of this snack. It's so good. Like it's worth the seventeen dollars. Yeah. It was fucking delicious. Unbelievably good. I strongly encourage you to spend $17 on it and buy it. I will. I can't because I'll eat that whole bag. Like that was dangerous for me. <laughs> it was like many thousands of calories and it was like, no, like you can't, you can't. Have Jesus. Let's get back to the oh, movie. It's so fucking good. I think we're just about, I think this is just about it. Scott, what'd you rate this, this movie? Take so, us out of here. We yeah. don't really have a rumor requirement today. We don't. Uh, the original, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Always. This is the quintessential family Halloween movie. Not unlike its holiday air, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which we will have next week. This movie literally works so well. And honestly, I think I think it works so well because it is such a simple plot. It's not like blown away by these layers of different people learning different shit throughout or having to solve like many problems to solve the main problem. It's just, holy fuck, dude, the witches are back. We've got to get away. Yeah. Or like, and the overcoming thing is like, that's that dude's flaw. He's got to do this to get over the flaw. And like, okay. And now we're like, we're good. Um, Obviously, like, I truly believe that the leads were, were related. I definitely, the way that they act, their chemistry is just phenomenal. Mary, like knowing that Winnie was going to want to hit her hand and like, Winnie putting up with Sarah's shit but like still loving her like all of that stuff is just like it's so perfect to me um and we've said it before but uh yeah like it lends to it's this breakaway from like disinterested parents in the 90s like they're there like they are they are capable of helping the kids they just can't and I I liked that as like a newer addition than it being like there's no way you guys are telling the truth get the fuck out of here like Leave me alone. Or like, yeah. I dragged you here for my job. Like, you be grateful. I'm going to beat you when the cameras aren't looking kind of thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but we it, at least of what we may have had 80s bullies, but we didn't have 80s parents. Yeah, we did not have 80s parents. No. Um, and like I said before, but I have to agree with Lindsay on this, you guys. No one fucking says yabos. It's the weirdest thing. It's ever. so weird. It just. 
doesn't fucking fit. No, it was neither does Allison just being okay with it. Like, how does she have no reaction to Allison fucks and she knows how hot she is? That's That's true. I guess that's a good point. She's like, I'm 23 and I'm still in high school. Fuck you guys. Like, yeah, Allison, (laughs) she's like, I'm a grown woman. Yeah. And I know how good I look in my medieval costume that shows off my yabos. Like she, she hundred percent. She was like not surprised by that. I reaction. can't be upset by that explanation. That's fine. <laughs> and then she's into it. Cause he has this like karate kid level of no, he even has, he has like a back to the future level of confidence. He is like Marty level. He kind of is. Yeah. Except that he's like, obviously a boy and a virgin. Whereas Marty, like no shot. Like, right. Like our, yeah. our main takeaway about Marty was like what a grown man he was. And that his parents shouldn't bother asking where he is. Cause he's in charge of his own destiny. <laughs> yeah. Marty definitely fucks, but like this kid doesn't. So he's a weird mixture between Marty McFly and whatever his name is in Karate Kid. Who oh, totally Danny. A virgin. Danny was absolutely a virgin. <laughs> I don't know. Danny was absolutely a virgin. That's so fucking funny. Yeah, he was. I mean, I don't know why this is the theme of this month where I'm like, and, it- and Peter from Homeward Bound, totally a virgin. Like we know we've been oh, pinpointing all. Yeah, but hold on, pump the brakes. We figured out that that kid was like eleven. I mean, yeah, exactly. But there was still a question. You guys thought That's he was true. older. I I did think he was older. I still think yeah. he's older. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the second one. Ugh, second one, I gave it a solid six out of ten. It is funny, but unfortunately, I can't forgive its flaws. And namely, the biggest flaw is it feels like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, it does. Um, there were times even when like Bet and Sarah and Kathy felt more like they were trying to explain to someone their character to someone who's never seen the first one. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, like just parts of it just didn't work for me. But and yeah. like, I. I get it. It's a Disney movie and I don't need to be blown away by this like inception level plot, but like you see everything that's going to happen in this movie coming a mile away. Yeah. It was very made for TV. It really was. It, it, it it felt like more for kids even than the first one. It kind of did. Yeah. There wasn't as much of like the, there was no mention of her being a virgin after she lit the candle. It felt like, like a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, it, it really like, did. And it was good, but it was very Disney Channel, whereas this felt like the original one was like scarier and more unique. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't think I can give the first one the full 10. Really? I think I'm going to. Yeah, but I'm going to give it an eight five. OK, that's still fair. Yeah, it doesn't like blow my mind enough to like, I think, really give it a 10. But it is great. Like it holds up to its nostalgia. Like it was really, really good. Yeah. But I think I have to stick it in an eight five, and I think I'm with you on the six for the sequel. Yeah. I don't don't get me wrong, guys. Like I didn't hate it. I was entertained by the movie, and I would watch it again if somebody said, dude, do you want to watch Hocus Pocus 2? Um especially because for those of you who know my sense of humor, you know that I love really stupid humor. Like things that just are like really dumb, cut and dry skits. And mm-hmm. Gilbert, the guy who plays Gilbert, is actually from a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's really dumb. Um, but I just thought it was, for 
you know how I am about like with sounds and shit like that, whatever. But any who down in Whoville. Uh, yeah, I respect the 610. Like I said, it wasn't a terrible movie. I just, I wanted more. I think I, it's kind of the reverse of my review of Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. I didn't amp myself up enough for this because I expected a completely different story. And I think what makes the second one fall apart so much for me is that it has nothing to do with the first one. Just about. It's very homage of like where it, it goes way, way, way out of its way to say, we all know the first movie happened. Yeah. This lore is well known to everybody. Nobody has to get caught up. We're not catching the audience up. We assume you're all just right there, ready to go. Right. Yeah. Which is just, I respect that. Um, but yeah, it tries to not address the first movie just to establish this is a thing and we're back again, which honestly, I just, my biggest complaint is that they didn't kill any kids because they didn't I, get to de-age and yeah. Yeah, I just want this to be a thing they can do forever. They can always come back. Well, it and clearly kill a kid is in the first act and beat them and go. Like I, I don't understand. Yeah, Schmer. We know it is like clearly any time that someone lights a black flame candle when those needs are met at full moon, Halloween night, Virgin, Virgin lights a candle. That's three things. If those all three of those things are checkmarked. They can come back infinitely. We actually kind of fucking know that because another black flame candle is made at the end of the movie. There's another one in a box. Yeah, that's right. There is. Good. I'm like, yeah. let's keep making this forever. I just like want them to have Bette Midler. And I think this is maybe the last one where we're going to have her. And that's I think bummer, it is. But, yeah. but I do hope that they keep making these movies like forever and just yeah keep rolling with this because i really do like them like i would i would watch them over and over again right like oh, if yeah. i have like if um my friend's kid wants to watch them at halloween like, yeah I'll, definitely i have no problem doing that even though we just watched them uh it's kind of like muppet christmas carol oh fuck yeah dude part of what leads or lends to like them being so rewatchable is the length too. Like they are only an hour and a half in the first one. And I think like an hour 40 in the second one. So it's pretty quick and dirty. Like mm-hmm. I, which is good. If this was two hours, 15, I was going to be pissed. No, like when yeah. I pulled it up, I was like, this had better not be wicked long. Cause it doesn't need to be. So I was happy about that, but take us out of here. Let's wrap this one up. Yep. I can't believe we had so much to say about sex in the city today during our review of that. No one will hear. Not Sex in the City, yeah. That <laughs> that was just special for me and you. Yep. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Halloween special. If there is something that you want us to cover or a favorite Halloween movie that you want us to go over or even just address because I am a huge horror buff and I will address it and reach out to you on Instagram, uh, please let us know. We do hope that you enjoyed something and maybe even learned something about either of these movies. Please be sure to join us next week as we close out the Halloween Spooktoberfest with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Getting ready for the holiday season and all those fun things to happen. Uh, Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find links for those sites and social media in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can catch our special quiz show, Rewind the Timeline. From our website, you can even make requests for things that we may have forgotten in the timeline past with our feature request the timeline. And like I said, 
if there's something you want to know or if you want to see what our notes actually said and how little it actually said about Sex in the City, we just added that in for fluff. You can check out the Patreon as well. We do post all of the notes for each episode uh, once the episode goes live. So let us know what you want to see on there if there is anything from Request the Timeline. Otherwise, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.